0: we rapping? Take it away. (laughs) I can't. (laughs) Shut the fuck up. Hi, we're Literary Bitchcraft. I'm Alexis, Nicole, and Laura. We're Literary Bitchcraft, and today we're going to be talking about what we read in, I think, September and October. Um, Nicole, what did you read? I read <laughs> it's a one woman show today. <laughs> We're making up for time. Yeah. Um I thank you so much for asking. I read uh Gloria a Life and then I read My Life on the Road and then I read Nothing But Blackened Teeth, and then I'm reading Miss Bennett, Christmas at Pemberley. Thank you so much for listening today. You can catch us on Instagram and Twitter. At Lit Bitch Pod, Oh, and our TikTok at Lit Bitch Pod as well. Please rate and review us and support us if you can uh, spread the word. Thank you so much. Be For those of you who don't know, Laura and I toured a house today. Why would they know? <laughs> together. <laughs> oh, yeah. What? I don't know. <laughs> Why would you know? The lady asked, are you guys together?
1: <laughs> I should she have said, said no. yes. Maybe. She said,
2: no, I'm looking at this by myself for with me and my, boy, my boyfriend. I said, oh, okay. I said, looked at me, and she's like, oh, she's just with me. Yeah,
0: she said, just said, yeah, this is my boyfriend, Laura. I said, she has to with <laughs> me. But now I'm like, should I have said, yeah, we're a couple?
1: Uh, anyway, so today we're going to be talking about, uh, so our September wrap-up got deleted um, during the whole unfortunate series of events that happened before Nicole mysteriously disappeared, and we actually found her at the bottom of a trench.
0: Thank God. It was a long uh, time.
1: Yeah. And, uh, I was getting hungry. We did have, like, a massive fist-fighting battle. Laura actually lit Nicole on fire um, at one point and we're lucky enough that at the bottom of the trench there was a lake that um, Nicole had shoved me into in the middle of our battle and so I just kind of stood up um, in the shallow end and I kept spitting water at Nicole while she was on fire like Squirtle yeah like Squirtle from Pokemon and I just kept spitting and then she wasn't on fire anymore and then now we're recording
0: Yeah, it was pretty dramatic. We actually just came straight from that trench.
1: Yeah, Laura came out unscathed. She did lose a pinky, but that... Oh, yeah, pinky, nail. Um, But that was unrelated to our Charizard Squirtle-themed Pokemon (laughs) battle that brought Nicole back to us.
0: Isn't he Charmander?
1: That's a different evolution. I've never seen Pokemon
0: I think Charmander's the cute little one, and then Charizard's the big dragon.
1: The only thing I've seen about Pokemon was when um, Char the little Char-Char was... Char-Char? <laughs> the little Char-Char was stuck under a plant, and he was trying not to let his fire go out. And someone explained to me that he was dying, and I cried. And yeah,
0: because if his tail goes out, he dies.
1: So I know that about Pokemon, and then I know that my coworker just bought Pokemon cards. Anyways, September... <laughs> episode got deleted so we're going over all the books that we read in September and October um I didn't read that much the last couple months I've been having a mental breakdown and reading a lot of fan fiction so god I wish that was me so we're going all the way back to September do you remember do you remember 21st night
2: of September
1: <laughs> um what did you guys read back in ye old times
0: I read my Life on the Road, written by Gloria Steinem. I finished that September 3rd.
1: You'll get, you'll get what I'm laughing at soon. Enough. We'll wait for me. Keep going. Okay. Oh, well, no, I want to know. It's because all I read in September was Fence.
0: <laughs>
1: uh, <laughs> all I read in September was yes! Fence graphic novels. I really got stuck um, in what's the Blood and Ash book we're curr- I'm currently reading? The Crown of Gilded Bones. Yeah. I'm just stuck on The Crown of Gilded Bones. Like, I like it a lot. I just cannot get over the whole, like, questions. Like, I don't even have this many questions as a reader. Why does she have this many questions as the main character?
2: Like, just live. Like, haven't you gone through enough? Like, go have sex again.
0: I'm tired.
2: Anything, any new plot point happens, I'm like, can they just start having sex again? Yeah, literally they introduce a new plot point. I'm like, Jennifer, I'm
1: already confused about ten things. Please show me Castiel's. Lily White ass, one more time.
2: We were talking about it earlier, and you're like, I noticed those flaws, but like, I also get to see Castile's ass. I have
1: priorities. The book is flawed, but there is a three way coming. So there's not, like, I'm not going to quit these books. Come on. She knows exactly what to dangle in front of me. I am Mulan's dog when she ties the bone in front of Aww, it and it just starts I love running that around. that scene. He's so cute. Jennifer L. Armantrout is Mulan in that scenario.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're the dog.
1: Castiel's penis is the bone. <laughs> <laughs> what else did you read, Nicole?
0: I also read, The Truth Will Set You Free, But First It Will Piss You Off, also by Gloria Steinem. I was doing research for a show. And then I also read... Oh, I didn't mark it. Oh, yes, I did. Oh, I read it a long time ago. Oh, no, I didn't. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) And then then I read um, Gloria, A Life, Shocker, written by Emily Mann. And that was the show it was in. Did you catch it? Wow. I just want to say I love how much research you did about Gloria Steinem. Truthfully, I had no fucking clue who she was. I knew her book, My Life on the Road, because the face out at... But I always thought she was a musician. I uh, did too. I'm yeah. going to be real with you. I always <laughs> thought she was a musician. And I remember the cover with the guitar. There's no guitar. That's the only reason Mandela I Mandela thought... effect. <laughs> I remember do guitar she... too. I you also remember do remember gu- guitar.
1: <gasps> That's why I thought she was a musician. I knew she was a, a political activist, but I just knew that because of Tumblr. <laughs> so. <laughs> the, the smile. Because, like, I <laughs> I hate when, like, I have actual good knowledge from that hell site. <laughs> like, I just want to be on here like, oh, my God, like, supernatural porn. Like, that's how I learned about Mpreg. But, like, also it did teach me things besides Mpreg somehow. It also taught me about the Omegaverse.
0: <laughs> but, yeah, so I, I did a lot of research on her because clearly I was very wrong on who she was. Um Yeah, and then there's that. I also read... Not really. The Wanderers by Chuck Wendig. I'll go more into detail about this after you guys talk about your books. Um and then I finished Nothing But Blackened Teeth by Cassandra Kaw. You know? Me next? Yeah. Okay, in September
2: I read I only have five books. The second book of the Chinese novel. I'm still in the third book. It's taking me a very long time. Oh my god, it's like a million I paused words. <laughs> I paused to read Dark Rice, so I didn't read it for like two weeks. The Crown of Gilded Bone. I gave it five stars. I really loved it. I've seen a lot of people complaining about it, but like, I'm just in it for a good time and it was a good time. I'm always in it for a good time. The ending though, you're going to fucking hate the ending.
0: My thing is... Is that the white book? It's white-ish. Yeah. And then there's like yellow. Yeah. There's a... And gray. Yes. Okay. (laughs) There's like a
2: circle of gold.
0: Yeah, Yeah. 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 Yeah.
1: My thing is, I'm enjoying it. It's very fun. Like, anything, I think... So for the whole series has been fun. Like, but the flaws are so glaring. Like, it is it is literally, and I don't know if I would have noticed it as bad, except TikTok's, like, raging about it. Like, she just needs an editor. It's a good series. She just is so prolific. There's no way she wouldn't be making mistakes. She's literally writing, like, 5,000 fucking
2: words a day. Like, she's insane. Um, I saw this one TikTok, and they're like... I'm so ashamed of myself. I The cover for The War of Two Queens came out, which is the fourth book. And I'm, like, so ashamed. I'm so excited for it. Like, do I like the characters? No. Can I stand the world building? No. But I'm, like, so excited for the next one. I'm, like, I think you have flaws in these things, but you are enjoying it. Otherwise you like it also there why are why would you be spending so much time reading talking about it, it yeah reading it being excited for the next one if you don't like it like it's okay to like things that other people don't think-y.
0: also like it's also I okay don't... to
2: like things that have flaws i don't like to say this about
1: characters because characters are flawed these are some of the best characters i think i've written like a like a little flowery smut book like they're Pretty one dimensional, you could argue that in some aspects, like, but they're not, they're really good characters for the fact that this is just fucking smut. Yeah. Like, and people are like, I can't stand the characters. They're not meant to be stood on, they're meant to be spat on. Enjoy it.
2: <laughs> I mean, also, how do you not like Castile? I'm sorry, but like, <laughs> you're, you're wrong.
0: They're not meant to be stood on. They're meant to
2: be spat <laughs> on. And then I read It Ends With Us by Colleen Hoover, gave that five stars. Um, Was it so, so fucking good? good. So good. It's getting turned into a movie. I'm so excited. So good. I finally, like, I was genuinely like, I'm in love with Atlas. I'm so in love with good. him. The ending. So good. Uh,
0: so good. Duh, duh, so good. <laughs> <laughs> Alexis, read it.
1: I've been writing a lot. <laughs> Not a like writer. in a good way. I've been writing a lot of different things a lot. But I, I'm trying to figure out what I want for nano, like what I'm going to settle into. what two I three don't whips. know if
2: I want to do nano. I have it set up. Just start it. Because it's just like everyone, I thought I was the only one that like despised my experience with nano. But then every time I see people talking about it, they're like, oh yeah, I'm miserable doing nano. I only
1: enjoy nano if I'm doing it with other people. I'm going to be honest, like doing nano alone is not very fun. It just feels like you're forcing workout. What's the point of that?
2: So I'm almost letting it depend on like November 1st. If I wake up, if it's an, if it's a bones day, I might do it.
1: <laughs> My whole thing That's is cool. I'm going to start it. I always start nano and I'm like, if I stick with it, I stick with it. If I don't, I don't like, I'm just doing it to enjoy. And I also do all the camps. So it's like I get three chances a year. Cause like the deadline's arbitrary. Does not matter. It's just fun. I just like racing against a clock. I like stressing out a little bit as a treat. See?
2: I don't know if I like that. Like I said, I'm going to leave it up to that dog. Well, my favorite part of Mano, day, I would go to Panera
1: every week, sometimes twice a week, and go write with a group of other writers. Like, that was so See, that fun. that sounds
2: fun, but I don't think that would be my, that would never be my experience, because I anyway, work 40 hours a week. Oh, and then I read King's Rising, because I was getting ready for Dark Rise. I again gave that five stars again for the fourth time. And then I read *Dark Rise* and I gave that five stars and I'm like literally obsessed.
0: And that's a book one of a series too, right? Yes,
2: I think it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a trilogy. I don't think I know. Sorry. And then I read *The X Hex* by Erin Sterling. I gave it four stars, but it kind of felt like a low four. It was good. It was enjoyable. It was fun, but like,
0: yeah. What was it lacking?
2: I'm not sure. Just some panache. Yeah. Like it was cute. I liked the characters. It had POV from the male leads point of view, which was like, I don't feel like they do that often in romances. So that was nice. I love male POVs. It was fun, but it wasn't like anything, um,
0: revolutionary.
2: Yeah. And then I read this picture book while I was at Mm. Barnes and Noble called Buffy the Vampire Slayer. It's a little kid's picture book. And it was literally so cute because it's like her and her friends. They hear monsters in the closet, um, and they go to the school librarian, and he tells them that, like, you have to go in and defeat them, and he tells Buffy that she's, like, supposed to fight um, monsters. So she's, like, ready to go in there, and she's, like, little kid, you know, Buffy. She's ready to go in there to fight, and then all the monsters are like, oh my god, I'm so sorry, were we being allowed? Aww. And And, like, it's just really, like, cramped in here. And then so they end up inviting the monsters out to have a slumber party with them. And it's literally
0: so cute. Aren't those books so cute? Yeah, I love them. Did you read Cat Problems? I didn't. Did though. you see it? It's so cute too. And that's what I read
2: in September slash October. And now I'm reading um, The Shadow, The Ember in the... <laughs> what is it called?
1: Ember in the Shadow?
2: A Shadow in the Ember by Jennifer L. Armentrout. It is the prequel to from Blood and Ash. It's basically just Blood and Ash. From Blood and Ash. It's basically the same book. Is it all the same characters too? No. Oh. It's like her grandparents. It just sounds like
1: they like reskinned them as yeah. her grandparents.
2: Except for it's like the female leads I don't like her. She's annoying. There's too much. Um, extra stuff before, like when the two characters are together, great, it's fantastic. She can write fucking chemistry. Mm-hmm. Um, when they're not together, I'm a little bored. Mm. What's like, her
0: grandma's name? Is it also like a flower?
2: No, her name, her grandma's name, is Sarah Fina but they call her Sarah. The main character in this <laughs> fights really good at fighting, is trained to kill. Um, asks lots of questions. <laughs> What do we, like and please just show stop telling and her automatic response to the male lead is to like be violent towards him when he's like being a little pushy like she stabs him in the chest so poppy yes so it's, it's poppy. literally poppy i was like isn't this isn't that a thing first encounter with the male lead um they make out and then something else happens and he startles her and she turns around because she thinks it's someone else because the whole, there's like a subplot of like these people, well, there's land that's like rotting away and, um, they don't know what's wrong. You can't grow anything on it. Nothing can, you can't do anything with it. And it's like spreading throughout the kingdom. And there's a subplot of like, there's these gods going around just killing mortals and she has seen it and she doesn't know why. And that's how she meets the male lead is he's like tracking them down because he doesn't know why either. So he's trying to investigate why they're killing these mortals. She's investigating at one point, and he walks up behind her because she doesn't know he's there, and it startles her. So she turns around, she stabs him in the chest, barely misses his heart. But isn't this also in the first? It's already it's already established that even if she got his heart, he wouldn't die. So yeah, it's. I swear to God, you guys said the same exact thing about the first book. Yeah, she stabs him in book two. No, it's book one, and then she she stabs him in book one. Yeah, yeah, she she stabs him in book one after she finds out who. Castile is, runs away, he catches her, drinks her blood, and they fuck in the snow. That's book one. That wasn't book two? No, that was book one. <laughs> I read <laughs> the first two books similar. back to back in like a 12-hour period. Does so. something similar happen in book two? They they don't have not even fucked. I mean, there's like a spicy scene, but there's not like full-on fucking yet. And that was in chapter 13. I'm in chapter 22, and they still haven't fucked. I really... For, it's, for some reason in my head, that was... No. How does book one end? Um... Book one ends with him saying he's going to marry her. Um, He and then he kills that guy. That's like you're like she's never going to be my queen. I'm not going to fucking follow her. I'm going to kill her. And then he hangs him up strings him up as a show to others. And that's how book one ends. Book two opens up and she's like excuse me marry me.
1: Yeah you're right. You're right. right, I know
2: I'm right. No I know I know you're right. (laughs) I know know you know you're right. I just forgot. Yeah, it's, like, a lot of the same premises. It straight
0: up is, like, the same book. There's less world
2: building, which I was thankful for because, like, that's what was the hard part of getting through from Blood and Ash was, like, the first 30 pages of just, like, hardcore world building. Um, But then you got the titty suck, and that was worth everything. But <laughs> this, I had to go to 13 chapters just to get, like, some fingering going on. And then it's chapter 22
0: <clears throat> and then still got nothing. I have a genuine question about prequels. Uh-huh. Are prequels meant to be read, like, before book one? I know often, like, a trilogy is written and then a prequel is written. Do you mean, like,
1: in general? Like, how would you yeah, like about in, it?
0: like, in general. What are you supposed to do?
1: I think that if a prequel... I think you should always read in the order... That they come out. That they come out unless, like, an author specifies. But even then, I'm, I'm just always going to read in the order they come out because... That's the order that the author discovered it at. And I want us to have a conversation about the death of the author at some point. I'm thinking we should have an entire episode on that at some point.
0: But... Death of an author, is that what you said? Yeah. It's like the... Sue Grafton. I've never read her books, but it fucking huh, kills me. Because she's the one who wrote the mystery books, A through Y, mm-hmm. and Z was never published because she died. That's so right.
1: Close. I'm not talking about the actual death of authors.
0: Oh. <laughs> I'm talking about the theory, the theory of
1: the death of the author, where once a book is in your hand, the author is as good as dead, where uh, the author's intent is not as important as your absor- absorption of a novel. And I think that like the way that books come out to me, I don't care how the author intended me to read it. I care how the author discovered the world, because that's how I want to discover it is the way that it was mm. organically discovered. So it's not like i don't know that like the death of an author is very touchy i know that some people believe that if an author writes a book you should be respecting how they meant you to read it and i I have a lot of nuanced feelings about that and i I agree with that to an extent which i think we should have a whole episode on it but at the same time when it comes to like world building and stuff it's really important for me to absorb it in a way that feels organic i don't want to read like like i don't want to retcon back to like this goes hold back to like dumbledore's gay they evaporated Mm -hmm. their shit like (laughs) <laughs> Very much so. I'm sorry. I'm gonna have to just. There's a the death of the author in that. I'm gonna go with what's on the page and how I absorb that. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? In That's this how I take series,
2: you have to read one, two, three, and then <clears> the throat> prequel, throat> because in the third book you meet her technical grandfather, because he's like he's a god. He's not gonna die. Um, you meet him and you hear about his consort, but you don't meet her. And then, um, and then the fourth book is about. Him and the consort.
0: Mm. I have to burp. <coughs> Whoa. Thank you. <laughs> Sorry. Excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> the way the dialogue just kept yeah. changing. You're welcome. <laughs> Literally. You can tell she hasn't <laughs> done this for a while. <laughs> I know. I'm a little rusty. I'm, I'm a little, rusty. <laughs> a little
2: out of like practice. I feel like you're fresher than mm. ever. Anyway, that's what I read. On to you sense i had another thing to say
1: about oh prequels i also feel like prequels are kind of fan fiction for the authors
2: oh that is
1: like yeah. they don't have to focus so much on world That's building do like they can kind of so like in my experience like prequels and like side works and stuff like that like um I think that's why Cassandra Clare is so good at it or Cassandra Clary or whatever her name is. No, but
0: like I've always read prequels after because that's just the next book that was out.
1: Yeah. And I just, I feel like there's less world building. I feel like it's more like character driven and story driven and it reads and feels a lot more like fan fiction does when you open the first chapter. Because I
0: I was wondering more for like if you're going into a series and the prequel is already out, like how should you read it? I was just genuinely curious. Yeah, I feel
1: like also in my experience, I've never read a prequel that, or like a like a novel in the same universe or whatever, that had the same amount of world building as like the initial series does.
0: That's a fair point.
1: Um, in September, I read all four Fence novels by C.S. Pacat. Excellent. <laughs> or not the novels, excuse me, the graphic novels. I haven't read the novels yet. Will be, but I read the graphic novels. So I fucking mean, you good. I've almost
2: read her entire body of work.
1: Yeah, I'm trying.
2: I have read her entire body of work.
1: Yeah, you have. You,
2: I just have dark I... rise left. Yeah. That's
1: all. I and mean, then I've read everything has ever written, and I will literally ascend as a human being. Uh, and then in October, I think I will only have read porn this month. Good for me. Uh, I read Ice Planet Barbarians by Ruby Dixon. Dick. Uh, <laughs> I think I talked about it already. I don't know if that got deleted. Um. It was fun no you did in the episode. No, you talked about yeah, it. yeah it was fun and then uh i read his darkest craving by tiffany roberts what the fuck i have only read monster fucking books not even just porn only okay, monster key fucking key. i do have a theory about monster fucking okay but i did watch venom and i understand my thing is i feel like there's the male gaze and then they res- ever like recently people have been trying to discuss the female gaze But even that is layered in masculinity. Because when you think of the female gaze, you think of movies like Legally Blonde or 13 Going on 30. Those had male directors. Our female gaze was even decided by men. We don't have a gaze in media that wasn't layered by literally like decisions and opinions of men, what they think we want or what they would want to supply us.
2: Oh, yeah. Everyone's like, Ryan Reynolds isn't the female gaze. It's the male gaze of what they think women want exactly yeah he's you look at the notebook like, he's like bit. he's fine he's like okay he's cute he's, yeah he, he's fine but the thing is it's like and I okay I'm not, I'm not even like thirsting
1: not to defend timothy cham cham but like he's what a lot of young women want but he's not being even he's still being held up in this way that i think is like a what men think the feminine gaze is Like, they had to push Zendaya in Dune when they had Timothy Chalamet. Like, that fucking blows my mind. You're telling me you had to literally... You have Timothy Chalamet. That is what teenage girls want. He's Harry Styles right now. How many girls went and watched that fucking war movie that Harry Styles was in? I did. I (laughs) did. I went to fucking IMAX. It was good. It was really good. I had a good time. It was really good.
2: It I think he did fine. End. I yeah. liked it. It was a good, was a good movie.
0: Holy fuck. But the
1: thing is, I wouldn't, I would not have watched that movie if Harry Styles wasn't in it in IMAX. I probably would have watched it at some point, like you know, with James. You know what's on. hilarious?
0: I didn't even know he was in it until I was in the theaters. And I was like, he looks familiar. Iconic. <laughs> She's oh God. She <laughs> is
1: what pick-me girls wish they were. Yeah. It's true. You are pygmy girls think they're Nicole in their heads. Yeah. She's insanely hot. She's kind of unique. Look. She is very unique. She doesn't really know who Harry Styles is unless her <laughs> friends point him out. That is what a me girl wishes yeah. they were.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I want to go missing. She's even that.
1: tatted. She's an outdoorsy bitch. Oh, my God. You just keep going. I wouldn't say I'm
2: outdoorsy. She's like um, the, fairy, the manic fairy pixie dream girl. She's like the modern day of that. Mm-hmm. 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 But she's, like, actually, not not ironically. She's, like, actually, you know. Yeah. I just
1: hear
0: these two bitches lying to my face.
1: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's so crazy. I didn't know there were four bitches in this room because there's two telling the truth. So, I know there's this whole, like, underpinning of, like, what the actual female gaze is. And I think that might be monster fucking. I think <laughs> <laughs> that is the and, hear me out hear me out that's not where i thought i I don't think women want to fuck monsters (laughs) i think women want to be able to completely detach and devoid the ideas that have been perpetuated for them of what they should want in men and just get what they actually need which is like a caring loving possessive in some of these cases and like just these are are the embodiment of like literally you are not a man but you are fuckable and you can take care of me I think that might be what the feminine gaze is right now. The female gaze completely devoids men.
2: Oh my God, you're right.
1: <laughs> like, I don't know. I think, I think it started subtly. Like, I think, like, you look at, like, vampires and werewolves and, like, those weren't men. And then we finally just said, okay, let's just turn him into an alien. And then Venom happened. And now all these women are just, like, I just... His darkest craving or whatever that was called is literally just a shadow being. He has horns at some point. Like
2: also why a bunch of fairy books are really popular right now yeah
1: we like the female gaze and i think the reason it's such a a debate on what it is is because i think there is no female gaze when it comes to men if you want to feel the maximum amount of safety and caring and all these other things you have to completely erase every part of a man that makes him a man and literally build up from scratch alexis holy shit (laughs) (laughs) no because it, it completely makes sense so I think that's why monster fucking books are getting so popular. I think that's why things like Ice Planet Barbarian, everyone's like, ah, so silly. But like that main character was just a, a big ice himbo, but he was not a him. <laughs> just a bow. <laughs> just a bow. Huh. TLDR. I think that men have perpetuated what the female gaze is and isn't and what the male gaze is and isn't to a point that women have completely eradicated men in the actual female gaze And that's where monster fucking comes in because you now no longer have men. You have beings that can be manipulated to be the perfect partner for women or people that have trauma surrounding men, which unfortunately at this point is pretty much anyone that is not a cis man themselves. And that's why people reach for things like ice planet barbarians and all that jazz and fairy fucking. And even why probably twilight got so big is those are all monsters. And I think also with monsters as you know what to be scared of. With men, you don't. Men are frightening in a way that is unexpected. Monsters are frightening in a way that you can anticipate. And you can also just manipulate monsters to be the perfect idea because you can expect everything.
0: Okay. So. <laughs> Laura's face But I think that's like... why I
1: think that's why Monster fucking is so popular But it's been in my head Since I literally Was messaging Laura Like two or three weeks ago When you watched The second Venom movie And we were like Why do we want to Fuck Venom Why is Venom Like we Why are Because I was like You know what I don't want to be Built different I am a monster fucker It's fine <laughs> But why
2: so I was like <laughs> I'm going to see Venom two this week And hopefully Doesn't awaken Anything in me
1: It did <laughs> it woke that shit right up it gave it day i was
2: like that was literally so good so like about monster fucking huh that's the thing i even reading
1: that book i was like why am i not bothered by this shadow fey demon creature just putting his literal like smoky tentacles in her vagina vagina like why am i not (laughs) i should be more bothered by this and i've just been thinking about it and i'm like okay yeah men are the real monsters in my life this shadow creature being is just giving her orgasms. This
0: is straight up like Scooby Doo, but on steroids. It's straight up like Scooby Doo. Like, yeah, you know who's that monster?
2: It's a man. <laughs>
0: it's a white, it's says
2: man. Then you pull the
1: the hood off the actual monster, and it's just a vibrator.
2: <laughs> also, it's a big thing
1: in these monster fucking books. There's no like preconceived notion that these men have to like be. They just are. In his culture, women are allowed to walk outside at night. Like, there's all these things that it's like, this is the female gaze. This is the female fantasy. You literally have to go on a different planet to get it. So, here's an alien that can fuck you while you're at it. He's just a walking, talking, eight foot tall vibrator. That's really cool. One of
0: my favorite things is seeing the. I think it became a trend on TikTok for a second, but it was like, if men were gone for at minimum 24 hours, what would all the women do? And everyone's like, walk by myself at night go for a morning jog without needing to carry my pepper spray it's like yeah that's paradise i'd relax
1: but yeah i don't what do you guys think the female gaze is like what does that entail to you guys because to me i do think it's just what's inside the guy like i think that's why it
2: works i don't feel like there is a female gaze i even the whole trend of like oh this is what the female gaze is I don't think there ever is anything, so I always think it always ends up being, like, this is the male gaze to what they think females want.
1: Yeah. I, I don't think I've ever seen a film where I'm, like... Like, even, like, looking the at something The
2: male like, gaze is the sandwich um, scene from... <gasps>
0: uh, Birds of Prey. Birds oh, of Prey. Oh, that's the female that's gaze. That's the female gaze. Yeah,
1: that felt like... That was, like, this is just her enjoying her fucking food. But again, yeah. it's devoid of a man.
2: But if you you right. <laughs> the sandwich the monster? If you bring out that movie to anyone, everyone's like, oh, that sandwich scene. All the girlies. Oh, that sandwich scene. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it is weird, though, because it's like, I, I don't
1: think men can't be involved. And also, these are arguably all, like, masculine characters and stuff. I just think that women haven't been able to... Like, look at the fucking Bechdel test.
2: Like, I, I think this also goes hand in hand with something that I saw online where people were pointing out how romance the romance genre is doing huge numbers. Mm -hmm. So many women read romance novels and men love to make fun of like, Oh, it's just silly romance, silly romance. But like in these romance novels, these women are writing men who are caring and Mm -hmm. um, sympathetic and like, they are very like loving towards the people towards their partners. And then men in real life are like, ah, that's fucking stupid proving exactly why. Women Wouldn't want to love read. love romance. Yeah. Why they love men in romance. Yeah. Because these men aren't like real men. Yeah. Like that thing you sent where you're like, I'm about to go write a man written by a woman. Yeah. <laughs> <Like, laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. I don't know. And it's like, I'm someone who is in a very like happy, stable relationship. But I also feel like as far as the world goes, I don't meet a lot of guys that are like, and I'm, I'm also someone who's on video games every single night, like getting told I'm going to get raped because I missed a headshot. Like, it's a really, really weird world being a woman. I can just dive into this book. And maybe that's why I didn't like Outlander. Like, sorry, I play video games every night. I don't know.
0: It's also interesting to me that series like Game of Thrones and Outlander, where there's a lot of rape in it, those are the ones that are loved and adored and devoured by men. But then it's like, and if it's like they get off on crimes against women.
1: Yeah, I think it's like those shows are incredible, but then you look at the fact that it's like, also power those Mm -hmm. shows are exclusively about power and they center rape and like rape isn't even just part of the story like a lot of those storylines are centered on rape
0: and it's like men will have no problem reading stories about rape and women getting raped but then as soon as they read a story about a woman enjoying sex consensually they're like oh no that's too cheesy for me yeah like like there's no difference
1: (laughs) plot wise there's even sex at the same points it's just one is consensual, one's not. And one's not, yeah. So what's so silly about it? It's the same story that you're reading, except everyone in my story respects each other.
2: Yeah. That's the one thing in romance novels. It's always like the men are always like so great. Mm-hmm. And then you like actually interact with men in real life and you're like, oh, I can see why women write men. I think God as a woman should have wrote more <laughs> men and not passed it off to her gay assistant who clearly botched something because <laughs> it's true if like i bring a book to work and mm-hmm. it like looks like a romance novel everyone's like oh what do you read are you reading a romance novel like yeah i am it feels good it feels good to read you
1: which i was recently watching uh, just I just finished telling th- me yeah you did this um ugh, no you so women love joe women love joe in the book they love joe in the no, in the, the stand and i don't i haven't finished the book so you can correct me on this i know you've read this nicole yeah um i've read part of the book
0: oh we've talked about you in another episode and we could not remember the author for our lives it's Kepness. carolyn Kepnis. yes yes i remember
1: now because <laughs> yeah. i've watched the show and at the beginning it literally says based by carolyn i kept being like Oh shit. <laughs> but um women love joe he's a awful person he murders his woman he's he's the kind of man we fear in real life everything yes, about him yes he, he's he's the monster we're scared of yes why do women love joe at least as far as the show goes they never show his abuse to women it's completely off scene we're consuming it the same way that i'm assuming like joe's psychosis or whatever's wrong with him makes him consume it because it gets completely cut out every time every murder he does of women every time he abuses women it shows his abuse of men we watch him kill men we watch him abuse men Mm -hmm. we watch him beat men we don't see that happen with women there's even a line where uh, one of the first women he kills um i guess the last woman he kills in season one says you hit me and she has to say it in a line because it wasn't shown to us but we have to know that he hit her that to me was almost a female gaze of a bad man i was thinking about that where it's like women don't we don't need to relive this violence because most of us have experienced it or are adjacent Mm -hmm. to it we can imagine it men need to see it in game of thrones we're watching violent rapes in that's
0: why so many men love that one terrible fucking movie um woman um uh, uh, strangle
1: oh promising a woman yes thank
0: you that's why so many
1: men love that movie that was a woman that wrote that for men (laughs) Like she even says, like, men need to see this this way.
0: And it's like women don't because we know exactly what happens. We know exactly what it feels like. We know that terror, yeah. she wrote it to either be
1: cathartic for women to relive it or traumatizing for men who never have. So I think she did a wonderful job with that. Like, I think like that's great. But that's not for women then. Mm-hmm. like it's it's for it's a promising woman, but for man,
0: I think it's also important to note in you. Wow, we sound so fucking like sophisticated. That's why I'm not saying anything, because I don't have shit to think. You literally <laughs> just
1: said very helpful stuff.
0: No, I didn't. You did. I mumbled through something.
1: I'm going to fart on you. <laughs> it's locked in the chamber. That's fine. Be careful. <laughs> Be careful about how you talk about my best friends. I've got it loaded.
0: Locked and loaded. Anyway, it's important to note in you that the reason it's called you is because all of it is from Joe's perspective. And <clears throat> I think maybe the reason why women love joe right joe i picked up that weird throat noise um but the reason women love joe is because they don't see as readers and i haven't seen the show um because i was bored but as readers we don't see him you're right we don't see him do anything towards women we only see him do it towards men and so i think from like like Karen's perspective, um, she sees Joe as almost like a savior because, oh, he's hurting men, he's killing men, he's torturing men. And yeah, he, he does it to women too, but we don't really see it in detail. and But we get like graphic descriptions, graphic um, visuals of what he does to men to hurt them. And so I think part of that as a reader and consumer of it is like, oh, well, I don't see what he's doing to women, so it must not be that bad. But what he does... It's to- almost like
2: they're in tune with his psychosis. Yes. <clears throat> like you're giving into to his psychosis mm-hmm. while you're watching it. And that's why... Yeah. And because Joe doesn't... That's what makes it you like it because you're like, okay, I get it.
0: Joe doesn't think he's a bad guy. He thinks he's doing all the right things. But he's doing all the right things in his own head when really he's like not because he's a terrible person.
1: You can tell this was taken from the mind of a woman. Mm-hmm. Like... But also, these things about him that are scary, I don't think they're any less effective. But I don't think we need to relive it, is the thing. Like, female violence on screen, I mean, like, obviously, like, it can be well done. I don't think, you know, art should censor itself, blah, blah, blah. But I also don't think it's always necessary. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes it's almost more powerful, a glamorization of itself. Like, he feels weakened in the violence he commits to the women. Like... That does almost make him scarier because we as women are used to men using that as power. Like, if that makes sense.
0: It's it's a manipulation tactic.
1: Yeah. Like, well it's because to him, he wants the ultimate power over their lives, mm-hmm. not over their deaths. <clears throat> not over yeah. their you know, like and
0: But he also he um the reason he kills men too is because men are his direct competition. And women are the prize to be won. Yeah. So yeah, you're right. He doesn't want he doesn't want anything to do with a woman's death. He wants everything to do with how she lives her life and what she can and cannot do. Yeah.
1: Like, he wants to be the reason a woman is powerful. But if he's not the immediate reason, then they both have to be weak. Mm-hmm. And he just loses the fucking game. Like, but again, see, to me, that is a compelling woman writing an actual villain versus
2: like, it ends with us. Kyler is, like, pretty much someone you'd want to date until he loses his temper. Okay. So, like, outside of, like, you know, arguments and everything, he's, like, a great guy. He's funny. He's very successful. He's very caring. He wants to take care of her. Um, he wants her to be successful in what she wants to do. Um, but as soon as he loses his temper, he, like, basically blacks out. mm and when he comes to. Which it's cancels like, all the yes. good things about him. And when he comes to. He's we are like, not defending this abusive her. man. Yeah, he's like hit her. He's pushed her. It's something. They don't end up together, right?
0: Read it. I can't tell you. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> You have to read it. Yeah.
2: So I think that's another thing that's like, it's very much like, that's someone you would know.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. And so that's the thing. It's like, it has to be well done and i think men are satisfied with it just being like well this is just a guy look at how bad he is to women and Mm -hmm. it's like usually it just ends up being more triggering than Mm -hmm. anything um it can be done effectively it can be done well but it's also it feels like the only way men know how to write bad men is the kind of bad men that i meet every day and that's not i don't think that's going to be hyper consumed by women Versus like in romance, I mean, those kind of men are written, but they're not like main characters or they're not like...
2: See, it ends with us. He is a main character. He's the male lead. Mm -hmm. And like, he is great. Like, I saw the red flags before, but I was talking to someone else that didn't grow up in an abusive household. So she was like, no, I loved him until this one thing. But I was like, I saw the red flags before that happened. Like, I could tell it was coming. Even if I didn't know what the book was about, the actual love interest is a secondary character
0: mm-hmm. doesn't even come into the very I th- end basically. i think it ends with us as could be argued as a very genre bending for romance yeah, yeah. it's it's like the very good the male lead is not even
2: the romantic lead yeah but like, see, technically that's... he is but like the actual romance isn't even isn't a con- it, totally yeah.
0: separate thing it's, and you don't even see it a whole lot it's just yeah. kind of mentioned every now and then yeah it's fucking it's, good. Uh, it's very good. It's, it's tricky. She it, fucking... It's so good. Colleen it Hoover me, does the damn thing. Yeah. It makes me want to read more Colleen Hoover.
1: I, think I mean, we... hey, there's a reason that everyone's obsessed with her, and also her book talk is super funny. Yeah.
0: So... Oh, it's November! Maybe I'll read November 9th. <laughs> if I can fucking find it in stores.
1: But, I mean, I feel like I'm getting a little bit off the tangent, the main tangent anyway, but, like, I don't know. I just feel like it's it's... A lot of men only know how to write those kind of men as bad men. And also it sounds like you guys are saying you shouldn't even write him as like the bad man. He's just a man.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: I don't know. I'm sick of of, uh, male centered or like male created art only using mm, like these things as fear tactics Mm -hmm. or like as plot points. And it's
0: like, I don't know. This doesn't... So, oh god, this wrap-up really took a fucking turn, but I like it. Um, this is a kind of a good spot for me to segue into The Wanderers that I didn't finish. See, um, she's
1: so good at circle jerking.
0: Are you yeah, kidding? She's the circle <laughs> jerker. We did not have this
2: skill while you were going. Yeah. <laughs> we were lost. We but were lost we, for hours. We lost the whole great point about <laughs> Captive Prince and who the actual Captive Prince was. And we never even got to circle back around to it. But
1: everything else in <laughs> that episode was fuego.
0: Yeah. It was fuego. That was very fuego. Now we get to circle jerk back Because basically everything that we were just talking about is like, women are just the superior writer. Honestly. We know how to write better. We know how to write better characters, better world building. And so for, right? And so for the Wanderers, I was so fucking pumped to read this, and it's been on my list for a few years already, and uh, finally it was released in paperback, but I decided to rent it or borrow it from the library just in case, and it was the correct move because I couldn't finish it, which really bummed me out. I got through all of part one, which is maybe 100 pages, I think, 200 pages, and I just didn't care about any of the characters i didn't care about the plot and it reminded when i was reading it when i finally decided to dnf it i was thinking about laura reading american gods how it's such a celebrated book but it's like it's kind of it's kind of boring sometimes because we don't care about the characters we don't really care about the story we're curious to know what happens but it's like there's just something lacking that men don't know how to write in their books in their characters in their worlds empathy consequences
1: Men don't face consequences the same way women do, and I don't yeah. think they know how to write them the same way that women do.
0: Because it's like, in The Wanderers, I I didn't care about anything that was supposed to happen to these people, and they were the main characters, and I didn't care. Oh no, they're sick? Uh Yeah. Let's move on. I feel like
1: like George R. R. Martin and John Green, two very different men in my life, <laughs> yeah. um, are the only men I've seen write consequences mm-hmm. the um, same way that I think women can. Hendrix. Hendrix. Grady Hendrix. I don't read him for his consequences. I read him because he's a fun, good No, but he
2: has... He has... Yeah, he has has realistic consequences. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. He clearly
1: understands consequences. He goes on the list. Yeah. Yeah.
0: He's very good at writing relationships, too.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So But I'm just thinking of men that it's like these... But again, and it's like... I don't think that, like, Neil Gaiman can't write consequences. I read Coraline that scared the fuck well, I mean, out of these me these authors
0: they're they're popular for a reason but
1: it's like i just feel like the consequence of being born a woman is a bigger consequence than most men will ever face in their whole lives mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it shows in the way that women create mm-hmm. and i think that comes from like with the conversation we had yesterday where nicole and i were saying that you know we've been told we feel too much or mm-hmm. like our feelings are too big and it's like i think that comes from like being a woman you f- you clinch that down and you find a place to put it that usually ends up in like art or your family or in keeping your home like mm. and it's all these things that are
0: are we nurture it in a different way yeah
1: and it's like I think with men creating is a possessive thing it's not always a release and you can tell like with with reading John Green growing up like I get it like people think John Green's cheesy like
0: no I I ate John green up no and the thing is what school. he was
1: doing for the genre he was speaking to, was incredible. Yeah. Like, he knew what he was doing. And obviously, some people consume some things wrong. And, like, to blame him as the Manic Pixie Dream Girl guy, when he's probably why most of us can have nuanced conversations about Manic Pixie Dream Girls now, is kind of fucked up. But, like, they're able to write these consequences and these characters in a way that you can tell it's a, a release from them, not mm-hmm. something that's being controlled. Mm-hmm. I have a hard time reading novels that are controlled. If that makes sense, it
2: does. But the same way that people blame John Green for the Manic Pixie Dream Girl, even though the whole book that it stems from was a break from the Manic Pixie Dream Girl, um, is the same way people view Five Hundred Days of Summer. Yeah. If yeah. you love the male lead in Five Hundred Days of Summer, then you don't get the movie. Yeah. But everyone's like, oh, it's just like a love story, and like, oh my God, he's so cute, I don't. She was such a bitch for not picking him. Blah 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 blah. It's like then you miss the point of the movie. It was supposed to be like, he saw her as a manifesting girl, but she wasn't. She was a person. And not just something that he created in his mind.
1: Yeah. Chloe Grace Moretz literally is like, spits facts in that movie. And everyone's like, she's just an 11-year-old playing the Wii.
0: (laughs) I love that. She is in that. I forgot about that. As you said, playing the Wii, I said. I've only seen parts
1: of that movie, but I remember Chloe Grace Moretz. I
0: can see that that little clip of her so clearly yeah where she's We're like some,
1: isn't she say she's like not meant to fix you or something isn't it like the line she delivers um, or like
2: it's something about just because you guys like the same things doesn't mean you guys are meant to be yeah
1: yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. and i was like i was
2: and like i'm a fucking weirdo
1: and she's the only person that spoke the truth yeah <laughs> literally they said hey if you don't get the subtext here's an 11 year old screaming <laughs> at you and everyone's like i don't think that's what she meant
2: she's 11 so shut the fuck up like when you're talking about John Green, as they're like, it's literally looking for Alaska. Yeah. Sydney, so I, who training. I somehow
1: haven't mentioned yet, um, literally was talking about how, like, yeah, if a guy says he likes 500 Days of Summer and it's because of jo- jo- Joseph Gordon Lovett's character, red flag. Literally, yeah. like, same thing you said, literally red flag. Like,
0: I'm trying to see how many. But see, this does prove, happens. like,
1: that men can do this. I just think a lot of. A lot of men that write books come from, like, oh, they're, like, they're unhinged artists or they are – um, come from wealth or they come from, like, trying to prove something wrong against their parents. Like, they all have these upbringings that I feel like it's, like – that sounds like you're doing this for control and, like, for yourself, which is, like, fine. Like, completely valid. I just don't think I'm going to connect with that kind of writing. And I think a lot about, like – um. F. Scott Fitzgerald and uh, Zelda Fitzgerald. When I think about that, like with men, where it's like, I love The Great Gatsby. How much of that was Zelda's?
0: Like all. And of how it.
1: many women has this happened to? It was
0: like all of it.
1: Yeah, and it's like, again, the reason I loved that book was the consequences.
0: And then didn't he, didn't he also say, um, like, oh no, Zelda's crazy. Like I wrote it, and then he totally gaslit her. Yeah. What a terrible, terrible... They should redo the covers written by Zelda Fitzgerald. I have a book about her. It's called Z. I don't know who wrote it, but it's about Zelda. I also wanted to watch the Amazon Prime show. Because she just seems like such a cool lady. But I think it's off Prime now.
1: And I saw somewhere um, that someone had said the reason that game of thrones worked and why there was a downfall was because of consequences the last season there's no consequences i think it was like on TikTok or something but like it made me start thinking about like everything i care about is consequence everything i care about is like either consequences or characters or both like the best books are a mix of both Mm. and besides john green jar jar martin and grady hendrix and i guess fitzgerald but that's just because of i mean most classics are good because of their consequences that's why they stuck in time but it's like i almost every woman i read even like these silly little smut books that are on kindle unlimited that men would never take seriously they still have more consequences than
0: you know you really would like beach read
1: i have it on my bookshelf reachable through all the cobwebs
0: yeah, you, you also would really enjoy that one. you like Beach Read, but just
2: from our whole conversation about Red, Ryan, Royal, Blue versus One Last Stop, you're going to like People Meet on Vacation better.
0: I'm very oh, excited. Yeah, which I one? have so
1: many books to fucking consume. Which one
0: do you think I'm going to like better? Beach Read. Oh, okay. Those letters? I think you're more...
2: <laughs> Oof, those letters um, hurt. Like she said, she wants her romance where like it feels like the romance is what got you through the ride. Mm-hmm. And like you m- grow through the romance, where like in Beach Read, she doesn't grow from the romance; she grows from adjacent to the romance.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, the thing is, I, I, I do like that if it's not a romance centered book. Like if it's a romance that I really enjoy, I am gonna want the romance to be what grows. If it's just a character I enjoy more than the romance, then I am gonna want the character. I am gonna care more about the character. But you are gonna
2: like Beach Read, but you are gonna like People We Meet on Vacation more.
1: Yeah. Because the thing is, it's like I care a lot about characters, but I care a lot about chemistry with characters, and I think I'm learning I care more about chemistry than the actual characters themselves. Sometimes I don't know if that's that I I don't know. I'm it's so weird because it's like I've read you know probably thousands of books by now. I don't even know. I like I probably read at least a thousand books my whole life. Like, but I still feel like I'm new to reading.
2: Hmm. I still feel
1: like I'm discovering things about myself with every book. Things that
2: you liked when you were younger are not the same thing yeah they're like very different now no. yeah and you're still like refining of like oh this is what i like and this is what i don't like and this is why i like more than this and...
1: yeah and i don't, I don't know if that'll ever stop though i think that's just kind of what reading is i, I think
0: i think that's why reading is such a journey because our tastes are always changing books are always changing there's always something new to read
1: yeah plus you can consume a book and it can change your entire viewpoint about every book you've ever fucking read like that's how amazing literature is
0: yeah fucking look at me like <laughs> She's pointing to Roll her tattoo. My entire fucking life. <laughs>
1: that is the dagger from. I don't think they even know you have this tattoo if they don't have us on like social media. Yeah, they probably. Nicole don't. has a dagger on the inside of her arm that is a tattoo <laughs> from
0: darker shade of magic. a darker shade of magic
1: <laughs> by V.E. Schwab. It's the. It was life
0: changing for me.
1: Dagger. It's an amazing tattoo.
0: That's why I'm scared to read Song of Achilles
1: i think about that book oh, so much
0: wow. <laughs> literally when,
1: when i said that to you when i was like you can think about a book that changes every book you've ever read in my head i was like fucking song of achilles yeah. changed how i view every book i've ever
0: read and every I feel relationship like, i've ever had i feel like song of achilles is gonna change reading for me um i also think lonely hearts hotel changed <gasps> evelyn hugo also changed um you weren't reading. here Laura and I were discussing how we were like, What are the most influential books we've read? Like Everything I don't believe like I've read that many life
1: changing books and we went over them and it was all within like six months that we read with like, read- the ten most No,
0: um you you guys recorded it when I was missing. Um and I wish you guys could have seen me when I was listening to go I was like, Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> at my desk like yeah oh that one was really good too was it interesting listening and like not knowing what
2: we were gonna actually say because like I... listening to it back when i listened to it i'm like i already know what we're gonna say i already know yeah. like the topic i know certain jokes that we're gonna make at one exact specific time honestly but, like... it was
0: really really fun like i missed recording a lot but listening to it as like just going in blind that was a lot of fun laura
1: will be the only one after friday that's in every episode then too
0: Alexis is gonna be missing I'm killing her I'm killing her for saying that um, Henry and Alex (laughs) are the Larry oh (laughs) okay so during that when Alexis said Larry and then you started reacting I was like who's Larry and then then I realized what it was (laughs) who's Larry okay me being like who's Larry, is exactly how I felt watching Dunkirk. He looks so familiar. <laughs> I'm so mad about that. Was <laughs> Even just trying
2: to get out now, I was like, Alex and Henry are like,
1: <laughs> Yeah, we did amazing. What a good wow. first episode back, Nicole. I'm glad you survived God. the burning.
0: Me too. <laughs> I'm, s- <laughs> I'm glad you spit
2: enough water on her to put her out.
1: Yeah, Thank
0: you. me too.
1: I kicked my foot like a little fountain, like in Austin Powers. When he is behind the fountain (laughs) and he drank the asparagus uh, or ate the asparagus and he has to piss to pretend (laughs) he's the fountain. That's what I did.
0: Thank you so much. And I'm so grateful for that. (laughs) So grateful. Okay. Um, Catch us
2: on (laughs) LitBitchPod.com. LitBitchPod on Instagram and Twitter and TikTok. Rate and review us
0: on Apple Podcast. Donate to us. Buy us a Kofi coffee, Kofi. No one has told us how to pronounce this, and nobody will. We're like McKiston, McQuiston, McQuiston, McQuinston, McQuiston. <laughs> Someone, please. It's help. McQuiston.
1: McQuiston, 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 If I'm still getting it wrong,
0: oh well. I just Soon he didn't tell me that, it was.
2: I just like in that episode, you're like, you directed your when you first start talking about the book, you directed your sentences at Casey McQuiston. You're like,
0: you <laughs> yeah. write your books. <laughs> <laughs> you did it was so funny i'm like is casey listening <laughs> did we i wasn't that too and i was
1: like that's hella funny like casey would ever listen to this but also i was like but also like i was speaking to casey
2: so what am i supposed to do not talk to them <laughs> you write books in a way
0: <laughs> yeah it was so funny i was like damn they got casey to listen huh? <laughs> but, um tell everyone Including Casey and including McQuiston. Including Casey. And-
1: <laughs> please tell Casey McQuiston. But also please tell C.S. Picard. But also please tell V.E. Schwab. But also maybe John Green. But also definitely hate Green.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Bye. 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 Bye.
1: Peace. up. Oh, well.